Hey y'all, Kwame here with a content heads up for this week's movie, Basic Instinct. Uh, For this episode, we will be getting into the plot points of the film that involve strong sexual content, explicit violence, sexual assault. With that being said, thank you so much for listening. Let's get into it. Cinemanomicon. Um, hello, uh, hello. Yeah, hello. Hello again. We are back online, not in person, in our sexy sound booth oh, this right. time. Right. Yeah. Uh, but you know, the miles may separate us, but Paul Verhoeven brings us together. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that's right. This week we're doing Killer Instinct. Um, I had to go <laughs> to three different barcades to find a working arcade cabinet, but I did beat the campaign. I'm really confused as to why Kwame picked uh, an arcade fighting game from the 90s for our movie podcast, but I had a great time and I'm ready to get into it. Kelsey Barnhart, everyone. I'm like, yo, Killer Instinct was that game, though. Like, come on. Did you guys guys do something else? Did I waste my time? Well... Kwame, do you want to tell the people what our movie is this yes. week? <laughs> Wait, let's in- we should introduce ourselves. I'm sorry, oh. I just went off on my bit. Hi, I'm Kelsey. Yes, they've, they've heard about you, Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Logan Laveau. I'm Kwame Berry. We're your friends at the back of the VHS store. And this is what we're doing today. <laughs> you already know. You already know. We are, we're talking about Basic Instinct today uh, from 1992. Anything but basic. Because we watched it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) This was my pick. This was my pick. Um, It's, I think out of everything that we've covered so far, I would say it's probably the most notorious (laughs) in that mainstream angle, right? Because we've had like a, a few picks that are a little like obscure and things like that, which is what we love. But this one in particular... I think, um, was a mainstream film, but with obscure energy, if that makes sense. Obscure energy. Well, yeah. I mean, I feel like it's one of those movies, definitely, where the infamy of the movie was maybe more widely spread than people who had actually seen it. Absolutely. Yeah. So if, if like you're not familiar, like super familiar with the history, the whole thing is that there is a lot of stuff in the film that is problematic for both, you know, people who think that women are women and people and human beings and people, you know, it, there's a lot of biphobia and homophobia and stuff. And there was a lot of protesting going around, uh, going around during the making of the film. Like I actually found yeah. out like they were protesting at the sets, like police had to be there. People were like yep. damaging the cameras with lasers and like sirens and stuff like, and, like air horns. Yeah. People got arrested. One of the producers ended up getting arrested by the protesters. There was like a citizen's arrest. Oh, what? Um, How do you even do that? 
there's there's just so much about this movie because there is a lot of I mean it's like you said it's Paul Verhoeven like yeah and it's like he just yeah he's he just he did all the things he did he did all the things and it's like um this here I think is like a prime example of his you know like his example of pushing the envelope right because that could mean you know different things to different filmmakers. But like, right? It, it it really feels like it was made to do like exactly what you said, and only and only that, that right. to push, push the, the envelope. envelope, right? And it's like I think there was was it Roger Ebert? I think you know, like I'm always like, what were the reviews like when when these things first hit? Because it's always <laughs> interesting to go back to them. Yeah, but I think he was talking about like you know, I feel like with this film, like. There's a difference between exploring the dark side and exploiting it. Mm-hmm. And this kind of, depending on who you talk to, right? Like, I think, like, some people will say, like, it's more so that. Like, it's more so, like, the exploitation of it versus, like, exploring it. Yeah. Well, if there's one thing that Paul Verhoeven knows how to do, it's be exploitative. Yeah. <laughs> Period. Um, do you want Do you want to give us, like, a little summary of what happens in this wild ride? <laughs> Yes, yes. Um, right, so our our main plot is centered on um, a very flawed <laughs> homicide detective, uh, Nick Curran, who is played by Michael Douglas here. He's called to investigate the murder of this retired rock star, Johnny Boz. And ultimately, Nick meets uh, Catherine Trammell, the enigmatic Catherine Trammell, who is a novelist and was also Johnny Boz's girlfriend at the time of his death, which leads her to being a prime suspect. Nick becomes involved in this very twisted and passionate affair with her. As suspicions start to shift and the body count starts to rise, and then the case, you know, um, pretty much just implodes. And that's that's kind of like the, the center of the story, but each character definitely... <laughs> They all, like, serve the plot in very, very different ways. Um, we have Catherine. We have uh, Nick, of course. Catherine's girlfriend, Roxy. Nick's uh, best friend at the precinct, uh, Gus. And then his girlfriend, um, uh, Beth. Slash therapist. Slash therapist. Right. <laughs> that was interesting. And we'll get into that. And um, it's like pretty much like around this uh, San Francisco police department, the story set there, I should have mentioned that. Nick uh, has a lot of shit uh, that was in his past. So for him to be involved in this case and how it connects to, you know, his CD history and what he's been involved in is very interesting to watch. Alternatively, the film is about the least qualified man to be a cop on the face of the planet. Talk about it. Who uh, just continues to have people make excuses for him. Uh, like, <laughs> right. Because he's, again, like, he's not, a, like, a bad guy. He's just, like... Well, he's kind of a bad guy. He He's going through some stuff. <laughs> he's going he's through an, some... He's, yeah, he's going through some things. Yeah, he, he's suffering from alcoholism, fucking substance abuse. Um, he recently had a, a wife mm-hmm. that committed suicide because of an error in judgment that he made on the force. This gentleman has killed five people in four separate incidents. Wait, we don't actually know how many people he's killed. We just know that the last incident, he killed two tourists uh, when he was high on cocaine shooting his gun. And then uh, there were three other Mm -hmm. separate incidents apart from that. 
So, so yeah, we don't actually killed. know how many people he were he killed in those Correct. other three incidents. But I, he's killed at least five people. I think they said five, but like, yeah, it, it's it's at least five. <laughs> yeah, like five. How do, how do you get a second chance? Like five after that. Right. Wow. <laughs> How do you get a second chance? Exactly. Like, when you look back just at him as a cop, it's like, hmm, yeah, like, show that. Like, yeah, show that in a movie for sure, because there's so many true instances of, you know, law enforcement who just... And that's the thing, right? It, it is a it is a sort of noir thriller. Like, it is yeah. like a, a pulp detective novel. Very much so. To the, to the purest degree. So that stuff is kind of like extolled in a way, like weird. Ooh, this is, this is, he's a manly man. He's on the edge, you know, but wouldn't you be like, right. That's, and that's so like a weird thesis that kind of runs throughout the movie I, I found, which is like facts. Yeah. Everybody is the worst version of a human being deep down. Yes. And there will eventually be a thing. That like it's like the Joker thing, right? Like the one bad day thing. And I was like, this is insane. Like also a crazy message <laughs> to have about like people with addiction problems and stuff. Cause like bummer. Yeah. I don't know. It was just very much one of those movies like so, you know, this this cop, Nick, is he's clearly a, a, supposed to be a flawed character, right. you know? Like, we're not supposed to think that he's, like, this upstanding hero cop, citizen, whatever. Right. But, like, if it wasn't every other person in the precinct also being human garbage, um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe I would be a little bit more, like, I don't know, <laughs> interested uh, in his story and his complications. But anyway, yeah, I feel like maybe we should just kind of start from the beginning. <laughs> Oh, yes. <laughs> he he gets entwined with... Well, so, okay, so we have to talk about the first death, right? So mm. we saw the director's cut. Okay. And oh. the, the beginning of the movie yeah. opens up straight up, this man and a woman fucking in bed, she ties him up, and then stabs him to death with an ice pick in his face. Mm -hmm. um, and this is within, like, the first minute and a half of the Absolutely. movie. <laughs> like, extremely explicit in both ways. So immediately you're like, oh, hello, Paul, nice <laughs> to see you again. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, it's, it's definitely, it's, it's giving that it's giving that and that's what like my first time watching the movie like my mouth was just like on like the floor because i i don't know it's just like damn yeah. and it's like, um, it reminded me he has a movie that he did in his native land called the fourth man i don't know if y'all have heard of it i have not yeah he describes it as like a prequel like a pre a prelude to to basic instinct and that one sort of like starts off the same kind of like not even two minutes in you have full frontal you know nudity you have like uh someone <laughs> getting like you know killed uh with a violin and all this other it's just really it's really surreal and and over the top it's like okay you know i sometimes I can respect someone being like, you know what, I'm going to be audacious with this. You can't really quite look away um, when it involves. I do love a hot start. I love it. Right. Like I, I do love like when you <laughs> drop us like into it, it's like, okay. All right. Like, let's see, let's see what we're working with here. But that scene was really intense. Buckle up bitches. But like, uh, you know, we find out that the whole thing basically had been written about in this book by mm -hmm. Catherine Chamel. Uh, she's taken in for questioning the whole thing. You know, the rocks, the guy being tied up. He was a former rock star. Uh, the ice pick, the copulation, um, all of these things. Uh, so they're like, oh, well, you obviously did it. And she's like, well, obviously I didn't because how stupid do you think I would have to be? But like, I just want to preface 
Sharon Stone absolutely made this movie for me. She is just like completely incandescent in this movie. Like I, she was relatively unknown when it ha- when she was cast in it, and it, right. she was only paid five hundred thousand dollars. Correct for this whole movie, which is so low, you know, compared to the stars that are in it and the kind of budget that you know that they could get. Right. They had asked like eight or nine very well-known actors before Wait, there, there's a list hiring on, her on Wikipedia. I will find it for you. Like so many women right. turned this role down before she agreed to do it. Okay. Kim Basinger. That is true. Uh, Julia Roberts, mm-hmm. Greta Sketchy, I don't know who that is, uh, Meg Ryan, Michelle Pfeiffer, Gina Davis, Kathleen Turner, Kelly Lynch, Ellen Barkin, Mariel Hemingway, and Demi Moore. Who eventually did, uh, what is the Disclosure with Michael Douglas, like two years after this, which sort of has similar vibes. Oh, right, yeah. Just with like, you know, because it's like he, it, it was interesting with that because... Uh, Michael Douglas, I feel like his has a trilogy of where he's playing like the variation of the same man, kind of just like dealing with lust and being like a, I guess, victimized by a woman in some kind of way, like some <laughs> fatal attraction to this to disclosure, you yeah. know. So it's kind of like an interesting trilogy. Those three movies, but yes, um, all of those women were they passed on it. They were not having it, which is you know on paper I could only imagine how it looked. And um, I think Verhoeven was not willing kind of to budge on how far he wanted to take it because, you know, he had already been well known for like his sort of style. He wanted to apply that to this. It was it was kind of a tall order. And Michael Douglas, I heard um, he wanted like an A-list woman like he was like, it has to be someone who is very of note because once this comes out, like it's going to get a whole lot of shit. And I don't want to be up there just by myself, kind of taking it all with like an unknown. We have to have somebody like, you know, and they kind of put Sharon through the ringer. Yeah. Like she auditioned so many times for it. And also, um, we have to like just at the beginning of this talk about why Basic Instinct is so infamous. Um, if you have not seen the movie, really the reason it's on, you know, it has been everybody on everybody's mind for the last however many years since it came out is this one <laughs> scene where they're interrogating Catherine Chabel, Sharon Stone, and uh, she's incredible. You know, she's just very like in control of ev- of everything. She's brilliant. You know, she's like clearly playing them, um, like wrapping everything around her little finger. Mm-hmm. But she uh, mentions that she doesn't wear underwear and then shifts her legs and you do fully see Sharon's entire vulva. Uh, And she was not aware that that was the situation in the movie. She was not aware that you could see any of that. Uh, And in fact, Paul had asked her to remove her underwear in the scene because he said that it was reflecting on a camera light and that, oh, don't worry, no one will see anything. It'll be in shadow. So apparently at the screening for the film's opening, she uh, found out for the first time that everything is on display and slapped Paul Verhoeven and walked out yep, she as will. she absolutely should have. She right took him up so. top. She took him up top. Don't play and with And the fact that she was only paid $500,000, you know, in comparison, I'm sure, to whatever Michael Douglas made being way, 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 way more and was exploited in this way was just like, like blood boiling to me. Because, like, she really made this movie. If she was not in this movie, I don't think anyone would watch it. Because <laughs> it sure ain't one, no. it sure wasn't Michael Douglas <laughs> that was selling it. 
<laughs> it's, it's like, sorry, Michael, but it wasn't you. Damn, <laughs> came for him. Any any other mode you wanna you wanna throw anything else at my Michael? <laughs> it's not his fault. His character was absolutely reprehensible in every way. Fair enough. Fair enough. And I have to say, like to Logan's point, like it's she definitely. Um, I agree. Like the the movie, she sells it. You know, like I my connection to the movie is honestly just I think like the last time that we talked like on our Beastmaster episode, uh, we had brought it up when um uh, I had picked it and uh, Sharon's Inside the Actor Studio episode. She had got into uh, some of what Logan was saying and everything when Basic Instinct came up. And I really I think that's what really drew me to it was just seeing how she took I think what would be on the page a very as you can see, like the character is is um very very sensual, very deliberate, very manipulative, psychotic, and none of it is general with her. You know, like with the performance, none of it is general. None of it is with broad strokes. Like it's all very 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 like to the T. Oh yeah, like yeah, the whole time it's like especially like the interrogations. I mean, anytime anyone is in a room with her, you're, you're like. Oh man, and that person is in a, a small enclosure with a shark. Exactly. Haha, <laughs> they're in danger. <laughs> they're in danger. Like, oh my god, like it's <laughs> it's literally that. Like that interrogation scene in general, like, um, obviously problematic, obviously infamous, obviously all of these things. Um, her within it, her body language, her authority, her sexuality, like all of it is on ten, all of it is interweaved. She's outnumbered by the men. But she's in control. Mm -hmm. And it was very, I would say, like, just thrilling to watch. Even, like, when she's on the uh, monitors and they're recording her on the camera and she looks dead, like, straight through the screen. Not only at, I feel like, at Nick, but, like, at us. Like, at the viewer. Yeah. Yeah. And it just was like, okay, like, she is killing this shit. Like, I was just, you know, that's my connection to it. Yeah, Um, I mean, I was saying to Logan as we were watching it, like, in that, again, that interrogation scene, when they first bring her in to question her about the murder of the, the boyfriend who dies in the exact same way he does in her book. The, the, whole, the whole thing, I think, kind of gets undercut by her, like, flashing it. Because, like, just, like, from, like, a filmmaking perspective, because, like, mm-hmm. th- th- now that's the takeaway from the scene even though like the scene is really cool and tense and like she you can you watch her like you said kind of like control the power in the room yeah like Mm -hmm. you are sitting there as an audience member like watching these dudes be debilitated and you're just like oh my god she did it dude (laughs) like or she did something else like (laughs) or she or something (laughs) or or something else she did something You know, and that's that's sort of where I like I landed with a lot of the movie is that like, man, there's some of the like the the crazy twists and turns. Like I felt, I loved it. Like it was like very pulpy, very like mystery detective novel. Like like one that you your like your grandparent would read. Like it was yeah. it was great. Right. And then there's all this other like bad crap clung to the sides. You know. That's how I feel about a lot of Paul's movies. I'm just, we're on a first name basis now, me and Paul. Um, First name. (laughs) (laughs) Like, he, like Showgirls, right? I mean, Showgirls is also infamous, but for other reasons, because it's just terrible, but in a really, like, specific, amazing way. Right. And 
this movie and Showgirls actually had the same scriptwriter, I yeah. believe. Yeah. So um, correct. Yep. You know, there's a lot of similarities in the two movies. I mean, obviously, Showgirls is a bit schlockier. You know, it's Vegas. It's burlesque. It's exotic. Whatever. Right. Covered in glitter. Covered in glitter. But like Paul Verhoeven seems to have this habit of like having having almost a good commentary on something and then just kind of like pawing all over it. Pawing <laughs> all over it. Oh, yes. Can we, like, like that right there is a quote. Yeah. yeah. It, it, that's it. That's literally it. Because yeah. like Catherine Chamel, she's, I mean, she's really like, you can't help but just be totally mesmerized by this woman. Like, and Sharon Stone in particular, like in her portrayal. But like, she really is like, a very interesting and powerful character, mm-hmm. you know, and then we get into, uh, you know, a little bit more of the backstory of Catherine Trammell and Nick and, you know, his girlfriend, Beth. Um, and it turns out, you know, there's all of these like connections uh, that, you know, are kind of uncovered later in the movie. You find out that Catherine, not only was she sleeping with this rock star, but they go to her house and they meet her girlfriend, Roxy. So you're like, oh, well, she's bisexual. Evil bisexual. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then Paul Paul's all over it again. And is like, you know, then the movie suddenly has this angle of like, okay, well, not only is she a murder suspect, but she's also gay. <laughs> so, that, right. so that's even more suspicious. That's how you know you can't trust her wily woman charms, because she's Ugh. doing it with the ladies. Right. Like, uh, there's just... I, th- I feel like I'm kind of jumping out of order a little bit. No, but, uh, I think I think we're well into like just like talking about this stuff. Like, it's like, okay, so my favorite thing is just watching the, that little middle section where Michael Douglas's right. character has slept with Sharon Stone for the first time, and he's feeling so big for his britches. Oh my gosh, he's like, oh, I just had the best lay of my entire was, life. Like, Wasn't it the best uh, lay of your entire life? And she's like, it was fine. Yeah, like he, he's like walking around like he just reinvented sex. <laughs> He was like, it was alright, right? Yeah, it's like he has his chest poked out and like he finds uh Roxy and he's like talking shit to her and Yeah, the woman whose bed he probably just slept in. Like Yeah, like we find out that uh Catherine and Roxy have this they've like had this kind of long term relationship, it seems like. Um Catherine mm-hmm. says, Well, she's seen me fuck lots of guys before, uh and Roxy's like, Yeah, she likes me to watch and all these things. So, like, clearly there's some kinky stuff happening there. But it's pretty clear that Roxy is in love with Catherine. Oh, yeah. And does not feel positive about Nick. So true. <laughs> when they have this interaction after Nick and Catherine sleep together, Nick is, like, talking to her, like, well, man to man, don't you think it was a dynamite lay? Like, so disrespectful. Rude. Like, sir, what? Weirdly homophobic, yeah. Yeah. Just... The disrespect was just like on 10. And what was interesting to me, because, you know, we're just getting into it. Like the next morning after, you know, after the sex scene and he like approaches her on the beach, Catherine, and she was over there in the cut, you know, talking uh, with Roxy. And he's just still kind of just like feeling himself. And Roxy just, you know, gives him a little 
a little scan, a little up and down, and she leaves. I love the fact that he feels like, oh yeah, like I'm I, I'm gonna nail Catherine because now like you know we're sexually involved, and I'm gonna get her to confess, or I'm gonna get her you know too close to the flame or whatever like that. And she's already over here trying to trying to get him out of the picture. Right. She's like five steps ahead at every second. five steps ahead, and she's over she's there. Like, oh ha 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 ha! Yeah, you're totally gonna nail me. So cute. She's like, don't uh-huh. think. What did she say? She's like, yeah, don't think that I'm just about to sit up and confess like all of my secrets to you just because we <laughs> messed around like this is not like don't this is not that but that's what i mean like he's he's running around like he just invented the orgasm like <laughs> <laughs> like ah, ha, ha, i mean <laughs> it's comedy like it's like complete comedy and it's like like logan was saying like she's so she's five steps ahead of the whole thing and it's just like interesting to watch him it's definitely like a predator playing with their prey like their relationship because she's definitely like even like after the interrogation scene and they're in the car together and he's all like yeah like you took that lie detector test and everything and she was like yeah i did and on top of that if i was guilty and i wanted to beat that test it wouldn't be hard didn't you take a test after you shot two people yeah and he was like oh yeah i passed the test and she's like "Mm mm-hmm yeah see (laughs) right there come on now like it's too easy like it's too easy and like so he keeps having flip outs, right? Because she seems to know everything about him. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's a fucking cop. Like, he has all of the police resources available to him. So, you know, he's already stalking her via every police channel that he possibly can. Getting people to be like, right. oh, I shouldn't be doing this, but for you, we'll do it. Like, looking up information and stuff like that. And meanwhile, she's just reading the newspaper. Mm-hmm. Like, she's just reading his public information about all these people that he shot and the fact that he was on cocaine, probably. And, like, his wife committing a suicide. And he's like, oh, how did you know all this? It's like, the goddamn newspaper, you fucking fool (laughs) (laughs) she was like i read i think he's like oh you read newspapers often she was like yeah if there's something interesting in them to read clearly enough (laughs) you know yeah if if a particular police officer comes knocking on my door then right maybe yeah you know it's like oh my god it was (laughs) it was definitely it was very interesting to watch that and how like she knows she knows how he gets down like she knows his triggers she knows all of these things and when he comes across the information about her it starts to get more like she has a pattern like she befriends killers she is friends with what's homegirl uh hazel dobkins yeah who housewife who killed her family killed her family randomly. uh killed her family just out of nowhere and she just wanted to see if she could get away with it and got sent up to san quentin and got released and catherine tracked her down because she uh, wanted to understand homicidal impulse right and roxy i believe they met kind of in the same way like roxy killed her siblings um when she was a child and then they i guess began their relationship based off of off of that and also, on top of that, uh, when Catherine was in college, her was it her her guidance counselor who they found murdered by an ice pick? Some sort of counselor, yeah. academic counselor for her. Yeah. An academic counselor. Yeah. So and then it starts to be like, it's interesting because like to him, it's like, oh, wow, like this is this is so shocking. But yet he can't stay away from her. So right. it just makes I feel like as the viewer, like, well bro like you're clearly not doing your job at this point you're way in over your head obsessed Uh, okay like completely obsessed so it's like she 
it was just one of those occurrences to where yes we're dealing with a whole lot of flawed characters across the board but like here it's like who you guys are selling to me as the villain i'm kind of on their side in a very weird way <laughs> because yes you know yes i just yeah well especially because like if we're gonna talk about who really comes off as the villain of this movie nick in his struggle with everything you know she's pushing his buttons she's bringing up his wife's suicide and his substance abuse and all these things you know he's relapsing he's picked back up smoking and drinking and all these things and comes back to his girlfriend's apartment one night and fully has sex with her against her will like fully rapes her um like she says no multiple times um, and then afterwards, she's like, what you did to me was not making love. Exactly. And like told him to get the fuck out, basically. And I mean, she has a whole nother basket of issues. Yes. Um, I mean, just the fact that she is his job assigned therapist and they are sleeping together. Like that has to be extremely not uh, un- unethical. unethical. Like that has to be against therap- therapy rules somewhere. somewhere that's not suppo- <laughs> that shouldn't be flying, especially after that shouldn't be happening. The stuff that you know, the shit that he was involving himself with, and then I think one of the cops was like, "I feel like he just started, you know, screwing with her because it got him off the hook with um, right? Yeah, like internal affairs because they were on his ass after his many, 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 many um mess ups." Yeah. I am pretty sure he kills more people than anyone else in the movie right yeah as far as like confirmed yeah. body count he for sure is the biggest murderer yes <laughs> he kills at least five people then he shoots beth oh well so okay oh. let's get more into that so right. beth's beth's little storyline is crazy because we kind of find out after he starts sleeping with Catherine, she seems to let it slip you know she seems to let slip a little personal tidbit of information and she says when i was in college i slept with this one girl lisa hoberman and she became obsessed with me and copied my hair and followed me around and took pictures of me and i got really scared Mm -hmm. so he's like hmm that's interesting like she let slip a personal detail. Let me go stalk her about it. So, you know, he, he does all this research about it and finds out that Lisa Hoberman, uh, also known as Elizabeth Hoberman, also known as Elizabeth Garner, which is his girlfriend slash therapist uh, who mm-hmm. changed her name mm-hmm. and uh, had admitted that they had gone to school together but hadn't really, like, revealed anything else. So now... They have both slept with Catherine at one point in their lives. Suddenly he uh, goes on this crazy tirade of like, oh, no, well, now my girlfriend is also gay or whatever. (laughs) So she must also be evil. It's like one of the last, like, listen, I know. So I understand the context of the story and that's not what was happening. And he's like freaking out and just sort of throwing out the words that he knows. But it doesn't look great when the, that's the last thing you say to somebody before you shoot them. Do you yeah. still like girls? girls? Yep. Pow. Like, Pow. Oh, my God. <laughs> right in the boob. Oh, my God. So, yeah. So, like, during the whole movie, Catherine is writing a new book called Shooter, mm-hmm. as we find out. Um, and she's literally writing about Nick. Um, and she starts sleeping with him very blatantly because she needs material for her yep. book. Like, Right from the beginning, she's like, oh, I am I need material, so I'm going to talk to you. Like, it's about a cop. It's about a cop who sleeps with the wrong woman and gets killed at the end. Um, so she says this from the beginning. But he, uh, you know, he stumbles across a an early manuscript of Shooter and is looking at it briefly and sees something about he saw his partner's dead body. And then 
right in the next scene, you know, his partner's like, oh, I'm going to go meet so-and-so at the hospital. I got a mm-hmm. message. And it's a setup. And his partner is ice-picked to death in the neck. And that's when Beth pops up. And you're like, well, why was Beth there? That's really mm-hmm. weird. And uh, he basically is convinced that Beth just killed his partner. Sharon Stone morphs into fastest man in the world, The Flash. Yep. And plants all of the evidence ever. Uh, we still don't even know if it was Sharon Stone, technically. Like, it could have been... She had an ice pick under the bed. I mean, like, she had... Everyone in this movie had an ice pick. Every under single person. Be- under their bed? <laughs> okay, but that was later. But, like, you know, we know for a fact she's in cahoots with this Hazel woman, and Roxy was also murderous. Mm-hmm. Roxy tried to kill Nick with a car and then ended up dying, yep. also, uh, falling off a bridge. Te- um, technically Nick's fault. Man, you don't have to be that much of a dick. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you know, we never actually see who it was technically, who stabs his partner. Like, there are several potential murderers in this movie. Yes. So, there's another cop that ends up being shot earlier, Nielsen. Nielsen, yeah. They say, oh, well, we fa- it was he was shot with a revolver, and we found the same kind of revolver at Beth's apartment. But it's like, it could have been planted there. She didn't lock her door. Several people talked about that. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it was very much like, I guess... From with all the summation of all of that is like, okay, so Catherine framed Beth because I would feel like not only to, you know, it's like, okay, that's my get out of jail free card. But also I think there had to been like their relationship obviously was icy, uh, how it ended Mm -hmm. or whatnot. And uh, she probably felt some kind of way about because Beth left her, I I feel, right? Well, it was kind of confusing, right? Because they both gave conflicting stories. Like, uh, Catherine was like, oh, yeah, Beth was obsessed with me. She copied me. She was a stalker. And then when Nick confronts Beth about it, Beth, before he even says anything, Beth says, oh, she was a stalker. She copied me. Yeah, same thing. It was creepy. Mm -hmm. So we don't really know whose was whose. Well, that was the thing. Is like, then he sees the grad photos, and she has, uh, Beth has her current hair color. Which is brown. And Sharon Stone has <laughs> mm-hmm. blonde, but we've seen Beth with blonde hair. So, like, the t- with the way that that means that Sharon Stone's character would have had to dye her hair blonde, mm-hmm. and then this blonde dyed their hair brown. Right. So, yeah, yeah. the story just doesn't check out. Like, right. it was Sharon Stone. I closed it. <laughs> Nick, I'm so sorry, but... Uh, you're definitely going to get too drunk one night and yell at her and she is going to kill you. I will solve that For murder sure. as well. Or Hazel will do it. Or Hazel. Yeah, she can set like, Hazel. Homegirl uh, hurt there, Hazel. There was a weird <laughs> moment there that that woman definitely knows what is going on. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, the little shoulder touch. I, I was like, oh, maybe she's like grooming her. To be a murderer. Yeah, to be a sociopath. I think, yeah, I feel like between her and Hazel, it seemed like what I got from it, just like, you know, with the body language and whatnot of it is like, I could picture Catherine like on a, on a Che lounge, Chase lounge, or just kind of like, she's like her surrogate therapist or something. <laughs> and cause it's like weird that Hazel has like this very, uh, motherly calming nature but you know underneath it all is this particular kind of person yeah right and um yeah she definitely knew some things like she she had to have and i think with all of that being said with beth i feel do you remember the scene y'all where they i think he apologizes to beth uh for being like an asshole or something like that and then she's like you know it's all good like it is what it is I'll catch you on the flip. And then as soon as he leaves the frame, like her whole face just, you know, like it just 
completely drops into like this like deep frown and right away the movie is like letting us know this is not a woman to be trusted mm. and I-, I feel it's like hmm i wonder i mean yeah she was very willing to lie to both the cops and him a lot Oh, yeah. So what do y'all think? Do you think with the file that he was up at, remember, like, I guess Catherine had access to the file. I feel like Beth directly gave it to Catherine or did she really give it to Nielsen? Oh, because Nielsen did go and get it. I think like he went to investigate it or something and they were like, yeah, this guy named Nielsen did come up here and pick this up. Well, they fully said that that had, that was a year before. Yeah. That was a year before. Right. Yeah. Right. So that was before any of this even went down, like any of the murder or the investigation into Catherine. So like there was something up with Nielsen that was not right. I feel like. Yeah. 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 I, I don't, they didn't really explain it, but yeah, I do think that, um, like, I do think Beth had, had some, some shit going down that she wasn't, really telling the truth about but at the same time keeps going up to bat for this asshole cop boyfriend of hers who like is very rough with her and not nice exactly incriminating herself along the way like if anyone found out that she was lying to the police during like uh whatever you call it that talk no (laughs) a big important talk whatever that word is (laughs) (laughs) yeah interrogation yeah go for it well, it wasn't really an interrogation right. the oh, first the deposition? time. Oh, the deposition? That's, yes, thank you. Big important Deposition, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the big important talk at the table. <laughs> um, well, it like, not to lay all the blame at the rapist's feet, uh, but like, he does when he is the biggest air quotes in the world, cogent, say, get out of here, don't be around me, I don't want you around, and she continues to press it, and it gets worse. So I'm like, mm-hmm. this woman has some self-worth issues maybe For real. yeah she just needs to get out of dodge she really <laughs> does for her to be a uh child a, a therapist <laughs> it's like wow like yeah. please you know take some of your own advice because like you know you are wow and it's um with her husband that we come to find out that she that she had that's been dead for six years yes yeah just shot just just killed no one was ever arrested no one was ever you know brought up on it they i think interviewed her maybe like you know just as a uh, what do you call it like they just had to but nothing ever came of it so i wanted to was that clear enough for y'all because i was a little kind of thrown with that i'm like was it catherine who did that yeah i got you one once again san francisco pd i have you um it was her she did it she's obsessed with <laughs> okay Beth. but which her uh catherine catherine, catherine sharon stone i, I don't, don't think she was obsessed she, with Beth. she killed the husband uh <sighs> she got the necessary uh, information you know like yeah I- i'm doing this for free <laughs> 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 okay take that sfpd they're just that would have had to be like such a long i don't know like there well, was just so a... much time in between like none of the timeline makes sense for any of this so so imagine that like you're you're uh, the sociopath for a second like someone is gonna throw like that's what she's been doing the entire movie is throwing out the accusation first so that when it gets thrown at her it doesn't land so she says the she was obsessed with me. She dyed her hair, all that stuff first. So when he goes in to confront her, she says the exact same thing because that's what she did. Mm-hmm. That's what she did with the book. She has True. the that's a good she, point. That's you a find good out point. she has the the book from her childhood, like that her she wrote parents. about what she did. Yeah. Oh her yeah, parents. her parents mysteriously dying in an accidental uh, fuel line yeah. uh, explosion on a boat. 
Yeah. The, and super, then super accident. Writing a book about a boy whose parents die in a sabotaged plane. In a sabotaged yeah. plane crash. <laughs> and um, after that, you know, she conveniently inherits hundreds of millions of dollars. After, you know, yeah, the parents like, are out of the picture. Yeah. I'll guess the only one that sort of didn't stick, unless maybe she paid the opponent, was her boxer boyfriend who got killed in the ring. But other right. than that... Yeah, yeah, that's the one they couldn't really find a, right. find a motive for. They couldn't really pin that one that's down. Fair. But everybody else mm-hmm. is is uh, connected to a novel that she's trying to put together. Exactly. I mean, to her... I guess speaking as Catherine, uh, what did she say? Like, oh yeah, like I'm a writer. (laughs) She's speaking through me. (laughs) Is is Catherine in the room with us right now? This is Catherine. I'm channeling uh, Catherine right now. She uh, is, listen, like I'm a writer. I use people for what I write and, you know, let the world beware. So on one instance to where like when Kelsey was saying like how, like Nick does tell Beth like, hey, stay away from me. Like, you know, don't come around me, yada, 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 but yet he still does. And with Catherine, I feel like most of, like, death follows her. Mm -hmm. Like, whoever is connected to her intimately usually is killed. And it's obvious, you know, like, when you look her up and, you know, and all of these things, but yet, at the same time, irresistible. Like, that's... Right. It's it's very interesting. Yep. I feel like it's just kind of, like, the fact that Nick became so obsessed with Catherine and... I wouldn't say that she was necessarily reciprocating, but I kind of feel like she just really enjoyed his attention and like the fact that she was like always going to have the upper hand in their yeah. relationship. Well, like that seems right. to be more attractive than her, than the actual right. relationship. Because he um, fell in like, so easy, like with no provocation. She's, oh yeah, absolutely. Like, she, she did not need to woo him at all. She he was just instantly obsessed. Out the sight of her eye, like at his ego. And that was enough. This dude yeah. was like so ready to be all like. All it took was him peeping on her naked butt one time. Yep. <laughs> oh yeah. Yep. Oh yeah, that's the other thing. He's a peeping Tom pervert. The so. peeping Tom. Yeah, because that happened more than. <laughs> just, just <laughs> that one to the list too he's a little pervert he's a little pervert too yeah but i was just gonna say like fact that at the end of the movie after roxy dies uh while she's trying to hit nick with a car because she's um, evil because she's an evil lesbian (laughs) because she's an evil lesbian (laughs) 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 um like after roxy dies you know nick goes to visit Catherine, and she's she looks devastated you know she's in a rocking chair she's in a blanket she's crying she's like everyone that i care about dies like, to me, that was not an honest moment. Mm-hmm. And he, I feel like, thinks that it was an honest moment and that he's like, oh, yes, I'm, she's, like, opening herself up to me. Like, this is vulnerable. This is vulnerable. But I feel like she knew that that's what he wanted to see in her. And, like, mm-hmm. even that was a manipulation. For sure. Because, I don't know, she, does, she doesn't really seem that, like, broke up about it soon after. Right. It was it was for that moment and for that moment only, right? Like just to get him uh to believe her and after that, it's like all right, like yeah, well, I got him. Yeah. They go to having sex and then she's like cracking jokes mm-hmm. about it. Right. Yep, sure enough and Yeah, I don't know. The ending was a little disappointing to me, to be honest. You wanted Michael Douglas to get um, ice picks. I really did. I really did want Michael Douglas to be ice uh, on screen. On screen, I wanted to see it with my own two eyes, 
He had it coming. No implication. Um, but yeah, so it ends with like them having sex. And then, you know, he says something super trite about like, oh, let's fall in love and raise kids and have live happily ever after. Right. And like you see her arm go to reach under the bed. And like it's very reminiscent of several sight gags that they've already done. They've done this right? fucking <laughs> pull the punch like three times in this fucking movie of, oh, is she going to stab him? No, she didn't do it this time. Yeah, it's, it's um, gratuitous. It's like, it's so, they keep doing it's it great. and then one last time they do it you know she pulls her hand back and there's nothing in it and they kiss and keep fucking and then you know this camera pans to under the bed and you see the ice pick on the floor that she was potentially gonna use yes so 100 percent, she did it case closed we solved it <laughs> let's book a voice <laughs> but what i was gonna say earlier and i totally went off on a tangent but i feel like the fact that nick is so obsessed with her just has a lot to do with his like downward spiral oh yeah like he's just so like depressed and like just i feel like he just really neat wants to destroy himself and he doesn't know how to do that himself so he like is like oh yeah she will destroy me it sounds good that's really it i yeah that's it that's definitely it that's why like the feminist stuff that is there feels so unintentional because like the framing is still like the sly detective caught in the web. I mean, like, nope, he's just a dummy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, he's he got a drinking problem. He walked into this a million times over. Yeah, it took one attractive <laughs> woman offering him a cigarette once to break everything. Fell apart. Yeah. Oh yeah. I yeah. feel like as soon as he went to her humble abode, I look at it as an eagle's nest, just by the way that it's positioned up there on the rocks and surrounded by all that water. Oh, yeah. It's a yeah a beautiful house. That's it. That's a good point. It's to y'all's point. Like, she definitely, she sunk her claws into him, you know, immediately off the bat. Oh, yeah, I know who you are. You know, and it's like all of it is deliberate on her end. And mm-hmm. I think, like, uh, Logan, um, he made such a good point about, like, how, like, he was destroying himself by way of Catherine because, like, all the stuff that he was supposed to have left behind, right? Like, he wasn't supposed to be drinking. He wasn't supposed to be smoking. He wasn't supposed to be doing all these things. And then he just finds himself doing it. And also mm-hmm. sort of, like, adopt adapting, not adapting, adopting her personality in a way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, when he's in the interrogation room and he's, like, saying the same shit like Catherine was saying when she was being interrogated. Word for word, the same lines. You know? Like, he, he pops up in a cigarette. They go, no no smoking in here. And he goes, what are you going to do? Charge me with smoking? Literally the exact same line that she says earlier in the mm-hmm. movie. To the point where I recited it because she had said it, not knowing that he was going to say the exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I called so many parts of this movie. I think I've just seen too many Paul Verhoeven movies. Like, I called every single part of this movie (laughs) it's it's definitely like and it's crazy like seeing what is it like his uh the fourth man um and that was like almost 10 years before basic instinct and it has a different writer but what's so interesting is like all of the beats like line up with it you know so it's like when you watch that movie it's like oh i'm just watching like the dutch version of basic instinct um it's a different woman (laughs) yeah it's like a different woman in place of of sharon stone and it's in that one i think it's a bisexual author (laughs) a man um instead of a woman Uh yeah uh well because bisexual people are evil oh right um bisexual guy he's an author he's also an alcoholic sound familiar (laughs) And um, develops a relationship with a woman who um, is a business owner, like she's a photographer, but she also owns a salon and all these things. But um, he um, 
has an obsession with her mainly because he wants to get with her boyfriend. Okay. Yeah, like he wants to get with her boyfriend and then he, um, by pursuing the boyfriend, he starts to find out that, oh, like, she's uh, she's a black widow and she's killed three of her husbands before and now um, she's going to get like a two for one deal <laughs> because those two are going <laughs> to those two are going to like fall in lust and it's like oh great well now I can get you both at the same time oh my god yeah it's like I like when it comes to like films and their usage of like the queer element and how it's used like a lot of controversy usually um occurs from it and I feel like you know like what's to talk about the right way to do it which is like you know negative connotations or like reducing someone to oh all of these people act like this because whatever you know like what people infer from it and um yeah I would say the positive in this is that uh with Sharon's performance um I it definitely hit the zeitgeist where it's like uh, you have Sierra, you know, who had a has a whole album called Basic Instinct, which is uh, aesthetically, yeah, based on Sharon Stone <laughs> in the movie. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, like in that film, like she's very shady. She has a swagger of like a boss. And I really connected with that. Mm-hmm. And you have Beyonce who based uh, Sharon Stone's interrogation scene in her Ring the Alarm video and things like that. So it's like you see the influence of it and that part of it I'm happy about because like even though there's like a lot of messiness uh evolve it like especially with consent and you know um things like that I love that what she brought to it shine through and literally it's the I feel like the gem of the whole movie is what she brings to it yeah well, I think that is uh a really great closing point for uh, for for this movie, yeah, right. I'm gonna. I'm, if Paul Verhoeven ever listens to this, um, please stop putting rape scenes in your movies, you fucking weirdo. Thank you. That part, <laughs> like every one that I've seen. Of- oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Showgirls. There's. Oh, I just remembered that. And also, uh, Benedetta, which just came With out the recently, nuns. and I was like, oh, gay nuns. This is gonna be great. Oh no, it's Paul Verhoeven. Okay, because I haven't seen that. Womp womp. It was exactly oh that. I have, a, I have a, a dumb question for you guys. Let's do it. Bring it. Bring it. I'll start with Kwame. Kwame, if you were found mysteriously murdered, <laughs> mysteriously, uh, what is what is the, what is the book? <laughs> what is the book based off of your death? <laughs> the title of the like book. Like the title. <laughs> you give me the title. I just want to know. Yeah. Like. Oh what, my what, what god. Is it? Uh, what would it be? It would be something. I guess like just to keep in theme. I'm just picturing like something uh, revolving around like a pool and like maybe like I was wearing a bikini that just like was too tight in the water. You know, like it like when I got into the water, it got so tight that it just like made me stop breathing or something like that. Uh, Wait, your book is a killer (laughs) bikini? (laughs) Yes, it's like killer, killer bikini. He was found, you know, like very, very sexy and very fabulous. But yet, at what cost? That's at what that's cost? it right there. But at what cost? That's that's what I'm going to go with. Kwame Berry. Uh, Shit. After after uh, independent film director goes <laughs> to uh, Seaside Town, he's killed by the Bikini Strangler. Oh no! <laughs> yes, and it's <laughs> it'll be like you know that Brad Pitt photo shoot recently where people thought like he was like dead in it, but it was like supposed to be glam and. 
you know, it would be the crime scene would be that. Yeah, like half floating in the water. Yep. It oh would be God. getting that. That's that's beautiful. That's beautiful. That's my Glam. answer to that. <laughs> Glamorous. But what about what about I'm Logan? What would you? What would yours be? Wow. I mean, I feel like mine would kind of be honestly showgirls esque because um, i am in yes. fact a gay showgirl uh so i yes. feel like it would definitely be like you know i'm well, getting you know, ready can't, and can't let these bisexuals be running around oh here. no they're so evil <laughs> they're we so gotta so kill them the um <laughs> <laughs> so I, mine would definitely be like a like a cyanide in the lip glitter or Ooh. something so like i go to apply my makeup and i'm i'm poisoned by my own lip glitter oh yes and then you know while i'm performing on stage i just start spewing blood and die gr- dramatically yeah. yeah yeah that should be in something like i'm getting like uh there's a free idea for all you uh horror thriller authors out right. there um just put me in it make me sexy mm-hmm. give me like five grand do credit in the coin drop dead gorgeous too oh drop dead gorgeous <laughs> is such a gem oh my god it's just so good <laughs> all right kelsey you gotta you yes. gotta answer too well i'd like to say it was something cool and glamorous but it's definitely I get locked in the bar as I'm closing one night and somebody switches out some chemicals and I mix something wrong and like asphyxiate in the bar. You mix like bleach and vinegar or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Like there's like ammonia or something in there and I have big mustard gas and they come in like, what happened? Oh no, your corpse would be so sad and yeah. ugly. Yeah, yeah. I'm so sorry. It's too bad. Yeah. Um, that was (laughs) i that was really fun though oh my god that was i like fantasizing about my death (laughs) all three of these are worthy short films at the very minimum send us an email so let's (laughs) come on now like work with us oh we actually have an email address now crap yeah yeah our email uh if you would like to send us an email uh, you can email us at cinemanomiconpod at gmail.com. There's no underscore or anything, just cinemanomiconpod, P-O-D, at gmail.com. If you're thinking of trying to think of things to email us, you can email us. Uh, Catherine Wolf, yeah. uh, a.k.a. Catherine Trammell, uh, murder novel would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let us, let us know. Uh, I think mm-hmm. next week is, is next week me? Next week is your yes. pick, yeah. Oh, heck. Uh, do you have one? I do, I do. I do have one. We're going to do Demon Knights. Nice. <gasps> is, uh, wait, isn't uh, Billy, what's his face? Jada, yeah, um, Billy Zane. Billy Jada, Zane and Jada wait. Pinkett Smith. Oh, my God. Wait. What a cast. Holy Ta- motherfucker. Jada Pinkett? Demon Knight? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, Tales from the Crypt did oh uh, a few movies. God. And I think it's yes. either the second or the third one was yes. just like a full yes. story. Yes. straight through ever since i saw it it was like the first thing i was like oh my gosh they should have made this a comic book series like it's crazy mm-hmm. but like i love it it's somewhere between like you know 90s action movie and like a weird freddy krueger kind of yes. vibe it's it's great it feels I have like seen it but so long ago and i only remember the very good like tales from the crypt era special effects right. yes <laughs> yes oh god they were so oh those tales from the crypt oh. effects especially because it's like they really went hard with the practical you know like with the practical oh effects yeah and I, it's, it's so choice so oh, it's great so 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 dope so yeah if good you're pick, if you are looking for it uh, it's Demon Knights. With a K, um, yeah, everyone. Yeah, with a K. 
<laughs> Demon Knights. Um, it's that good. Yeah, it's incredible. They fight Satan with the blood of Christ. Whoa, it's, spoilers. It's okay, spoilers. We haven't given insane. people time to watch it yet. <laughs> you gotta get familiar. I can tell you the whole plot of the movie right now, and it won't spoil it. I, like, I could not do it justice. I pro- just go, it's gonna be great. I'll oh, see you next Billy time. Billy Zane and Jada Pinkett Smith. Oh my god. Amazing. I, well, that's in my top actresses. Like, I think Kelsey, you know by now, like, she's one of my faves. Of course. And oh, yeah. that movie and just Ah, oh, her being a final girl. I love it. Yes. I love it. I was obsessed with Billy Zane in college. I cannot explain. He but had that face. The, the Zane had with, me. What, what it was with Billy Zane. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I mean, listen, mm. we all saw Titanic. You know, Rose. He was an asshole, but he was fine. Yeah, he was rocking that front. He wave. was okay. Uh, lace front, excuse me. <laughs> he can rock a lace front like no other white man. <laughs> but he, he had that look. He had that lace front on lock. Like I, I'm not gonna lie, it was it was it was good. It was giving. Yeah, but he looks good ball. He looks really he good does. ball. The, it's the same. It's all good. It's all Zane. Yeah. Anyways. Well, thank you for joining us for uh, Cinemanomicon um, and playing Killer Instinct. Uh, <laughs> Killer I'm Instinct. Kelsey Bar- <laughs> I'm Kelsey Barnhart. I'm Logan Laveau. I'm Kwame Berry. And shout out to Sharon Stone. We love you. Sharon Stone. Yeah. You're, the re- you're a real one. You did, you did a, great, a great job. Any other failings about this movie, Sharon? It's not I your mean, fault, Sharon. You did what you did. You did what you had to do, and I am appreciative. So, shout out to the big one, Sharon Stone, and uh, keep it spooky, kids. Hey, bye, bye, y'all. Bye.